Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman. This week I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. As we take a look at the Justice League movie as our main review for this week. Um, Apologies we've not been with you since Thor Ragnarok. Um, Mm. We've been... We only get together today for superheroes. Yes. Um, Superheroes and Star Wars is is all we're doing Mm. from now on. Um, and Owen won't be with us for Star Wars. No, I get kicked off the podcast. Yeah, it'll be me, me Paul, and a man called Chris Packett Dave. <laughs> That's his proper name, mm. yeah. That's his full title. Yes. Apparently, it's, be- it's all his post is delivered to Chris Packett. Yeah, apparently, it's because he collects old Chris Packett. Because before to- Paul told me the origin of that nickname, I was really worried about what it was going to be about. Yeah, I thought the old urban urban legend about using Chris Packets and elastic bands. That's what you were I, thinking. I was it? definitely thinking something about Chris Packets and wanking. Yeah, but luckily that yeah. wasn't the case. Mm. Um, but no, we've not been with you for a little while, but we are with you now, and we will get to Justice League eventually. No quiz. Um, I've, I've long forgotten what the score was anyway, but they've worked with just two of us. Yeah, so. I can't even. Were you supposed to watch a? Um, <coughs> were you supposed to watch a film? I think I was supposed and... to watch, I want to say Neon Demon. Oh, you were, yeah. And The Neon Demon. And I think I did, but I can't remember. You, you think you did? You think you watched yeah, it? it sounds like, but didn't it talk sounds about like it. something I'd remember. Yeah, so, I think you mm. would have remembered. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to, to the news. And we've decided to avoid inappropriate touching in the news. Um, As in, like... Of ourselves and each other. Uh, no, we're not. I'm not avoiding that <laughs> as we speak. No. But it, that's still yeah, fair game. Other people um, and what people have been doing to each other that they shouldn't have been is too much for us. Um, we're, we're meant to be light-hearted, and that's definitely not. Mm. Um, but there is one big bit of news that came out while we've had a hiatus from recording, and that was that Rian Johnson has been given his own Star Wars trilogy. Um, before The Last Jedi has been released. And all we know is that um, this trilogy um, will take place uh, in a different part of the galaxy and not involve any of the characters from the main saga. Um, I think there's also going to be a live-action Star Wars TV show being made. Nothing to do with Rian Johnson, that one, but it's also uh, something that Disney announced in the last few weeks. Uh, But as a big Star Wars fan, that makes me quite positive about The Last Jedi because... You would have thought if, the, if Disney and the studio weren't sure about The Last Jedi and how it would be received, 
they wouldn't have given him this trilogy until it had come out and people had, you know, mm. people had said what they think about what he's what he's done in charge of Star Wars film, um, or even the box office. Well, the box office is going to be fantastic anyway, whether it's a good or bad I... film, but. I literally think they don't really care. <laughs> you know, it's gonna it's gonna make money. They're gonna keep releasing Star Wars. Films oh no, no, grant, no, every no, year. Granted, they they Star Wars. They're gonna do with Star Wars what they've done with Marvel, and whether that is gonna be good or bad, I don't know yet. I mean, based on what they've released so far, which is two films, both which I've loved, uh, and the Rebels TV series. Um, yeah, it seems like fantastic, especially if you use Marvel as a basis for it. But just just purely with with Rian Johnson, they were going to make more Star Wars films anyway. You know, it was mm. going to, it was going to mm. happen. Episode nine was going to happen. The Han Solo movie was going to happen. More stuff was going to happen as well. But to give him a trilogy, a whole not just one other film, a whole trilogy of films, um makes me think that they've seen what he's done with The Last Jedi by now. Obviously, it's a month away from release. So they, you know, people who, who've been involved in the film and executives have definitely seen it. They've seen it, think it's amazing, and they've gone, right, you can do three more. Mm. You know, if, if, he, if, if he had done an okay job or a, even a, a, a above-average job or a crap job, they wouldn't have said, now before the general public have seen it and and rated it you can have three more films to do you can have your own star wars trilogy to do i mean just because they've said that's what they're going to do doesn't mean that's what they'll follow through on i mean they could just have the first film it just bombs spectacularly but they still want to tell the story and so okay we'll drop rian johnson and add you know mark webb or something oh yeah i mean yeah lots, lots could happen but it it it, it makes me it makes me positive about the last jedi more than it makes me positive about anything else let's say mm. makes me think the last jedi is going to be pretty good if they've done if they've made a statement and and let him have that before the film's even been released like if the, if the yeah. film had been it's released good. everybody loves it universal success and they went okay well everyone loves that one let's give him three more Mm. But before it's even been seen by the general public, somebody, some people somewhere think he's done that good a job, which makes me really positive about The Last Jedi. Well, and I here mean, comes the voice of negativity. Yeah, as always. Uh, I like to think it's more a voice of, you know, realism. And uh, no, I just think that they don't, I, they just don't care. That's my, uh, they don't, literally don't give a shit. They're going to keep putting Star Wars stuff out there until it stops making money. And that's just not going to happen. You know, what they, what they'll probably do is kill nostalgia for Star Wars by put like oversaturating the whole sort of franchise, basically by having loads of different films, exploring the most boring, minutest of, um, details within the universe. George Lucas stuff did that incredible. with the prequels, though, because they're about trade, well, they're like trade routes and exactly trade blockades and precisely. And they're going to make sure they always all tie into the original some way, because otherwise they lose their value. You know, they yeah. get if they don't if they're not part of that original trilogy, like where it all began in some way, then. Um, whether it's a continuation of the story, whether it's a uh, you know the Han Solo movie, which is like a prequel thing, um, or whatever it may be, then it's going to lose the thing that 
gives it its USP because a otherwise they're just making a fantasy story, and you know there's no point tying that to Star Wars. Then. No. Um, so I, that, I, that's what I think. I think they they're just going to make more and they'll keep making more. And I've lamented on this podcast in in the past about the fact that they've killed off the Christmas Christmas blockbuster now. Because no one else is going to release any blockbuster. I mean, I used to like going to see The Hobbits at Christmas, you know, um, or uh, I didn't really go and see the Harry Potter films. But you know, there was always the big blockbuster. They're not. Go- no one's going to compete with Star Wars. It's just you go see Star Wars at Christmas, or you don't see anything, you know. So that's my. I mean, that's what I feel about it. I think they've um, ruined Christmas. <laughs> That's that's a false statement. Really, Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know where I was going with that statement, so I thought, oh well. I'm also going to be incredibly obnoxious on this podcast and start eating cough sweets. So I'm really sorry to anyone who's listening, but I'm gonna my voice is just gonna disappear unless I do something. That's fine. That's fine. On to what we've been watching, and it's been a while. So in theory, we've we've seen a lot. Well, have we? I've seen one film since we you've last been, you've recorded. You've been finishing a degree. I've fin- yeah, because I fin- literally I'm a student for two more weeks. I've, I've got no now- excuse for not doing anything with my life. Which is how I choose <laughs> <I've> to live. <coughs> I've been working on a um, documentary, um, a short six-minute documentary, which has taken up so much time, like editing till 2 a.m. and then driving home. What's it, what's like it, driving what's 35 it about? <laughs> it's um a subculture documentary because uh, you know you get different types of documentary right you get nature documentaries you get historical documentaries you get fly on the wall documentaries we're making a subculture documentary and we decided we'd make it about men's rights activists um people who stand up for men's rights because you know men are oppressed men are people too but men are people too. But also, um, I spoke to a guy who's um, head of a political party called Justice for Men and Boys and the Women Who Love Them. That sounds a lot and, like um, Nambler. <laughs> <coughs> and, um, you know, he comes up with his... I mean, some of it you, you listen to and you think... You know, we approached it very objectively because we wanted people... We want to give people an opportunity to talk. And so we interviewed um, people from the Women's Equality Party. We interviewed uh, people from the Fawcett Group, um, as well as people on the men's rights side of the argument. Um, And they came out with some good points, some interesting points. Suicide rate for men. You know, 75% of all suicides in the UK are men. Um, And it doesn't come down, you know. Uh, there's stuff about uh, what they call it male genital mutilation, which is circumcision, which is technically actual bodily harm or possibly grievous bodily harm, but is allowed to happen. Um, All this kind of thing, right? And they make us some, some interesting points, but they also say stuff which really, I think, makes them very um, difficult to side with. Stuff about feminism is a hate cult. Is it? Is it any of this fathers for justice lot that dress up as superheroes because they can't look after their kids at weekends? That's part of part of their argument. Yeah, 
like the court system prejudices men and boys and um you know gives it, it preferences women and girls is what they say I interviewed MP Philip Davis very sort of outspoken MP um yeah and he talks about how um you know the court system you know some research took place and basically what it found was that if women were given the same sentences as men for equal crimes then there would be something like twice as many women in prison because women are you know not given as strict a sentence as men because men are oppressed by the system by the state well that was just saying it's not about oh yeah one of the things it did come out with which i thought was quite shocking um was he said about um uh that basically um lesbians are feminists and therefore hate men so feminists hate men and lesbians are feminists, so lesbians and feminists hate men. And I says, well, surely by the same sort of line of reasoning, all gay men would be men's rights activists. You know, they bloody love men, don't they? Uh, yeah. they really do. <laughs> they bloody love <laughs> them. Can't get enough. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, the um, gay men were um, some way back sucked into the cult of feminism and they you know they were brainwashed into being feminists instead of men's rights it just activists. seems like mad conspiracy theories at this point it's it's yeah i mean so we we basically spent um we interviewed about oh how many people did we interview in total let's see six of them made it into the documentary i reckon we i reckon we must have interviewed about 12 or 13 people in total um and it's just, it's just the whole week. This is really boring for anyone listening, but I mean, I suppose it's some, a little bit of interesting insight into, like, I personally spent about 50 hours editing to get a six minute documentary. Um, there was a, another person who was, who spent probably the same, if not more than me editing. She probably spent about 50 to 60 hours editing. And there were two other people who were editing as well. And this is to produce a six minute short documentary. It's, it's, I'm absolutely knackered. And you can probably tell from the way I sound. Not very well, mm. no. Um, I've run myself into the ground what, doing this. So I haven't, I haven't watched anything really for the past 14, 15 days. <sighs> well, I'm dying, yeah. basically. What is your brand and flavour of choice of cough sweet? Uh, I bought some bog standard cough drops. Yeah. I didn't go for halls or lockets or tunes or anything. Not, not soothers. These are just cough. Not no. soothers. What, no. what flavour are your cough drops? It's hard to tell. <laughs> They're just kind of like aniseedy. Ugh. A bit, a bit yeah. like aniseed. Yeah, I like them. They're nice. No, I don't like but, aniseed. Um, I'd always go for a, a berry type flavour. I'm not a fan of honey and lemon, and aniseed definitely no. Definitely not aniseed. So I love aniseed and no, licorice I'd, and stuff. I'd, I'd definitely be going for some kind of berry flavour cough sweet should my uh, throat desire yeah. it. I tell you, if I, was in a, if I was buying them from like a petrol station or whatever and they were just at the counter, I'd go for the uh, halls that are menthol. I like those ones. The ones as soon as you put them in your, na- your mouth, like every sinus and orifice just opens up as wide as it can because it just gets a massive shock to the system. I like those ones. 
that was it. Yeah, yeah. good, good. <laughs> five stars, yeah. five stars yeah. for these couple tops. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've <laughs> seen, I've seen some films. That I'll go through quickly before me and oh, you good. talk about The Walking Dead for a bit. Uh-huh. Um, so, for some reason, yesterday when I was led on my sofa in a near vegetative state, I decided to put Hostel on on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's very, very good. I've, I haven't um, seen it for a long hmm. time, and I put it back on, and I, I put it on. It's just, it's just torturable. I just thought they don't make many of those type mm. of films anymore, do they? Don't see it for, for really. a while. Around the time Hostel was being made, and you couldn't move for just these kind of torture porn. They weren't for balls yeah, torture. They porn. weren't horror films so much. Like you were never scared. It was just disgusting. It was just yeah. gory and gruesome for the sake of it. Um, I suppose it's all right, really, but it's, it's yeah. Well, it's Eli Roth, isn't it? So it's like, <coughs> excuse me, his um, shtick was to be part of the, the what do they call them? The uh, Brat Pack. No, what do they, they had the name, Splat Pack. Yes. It was uh, part of that stable of, mm. you know, James Wan, again, just talking about Saw, was part of that and... Um, and the Australian guy who did Rogue that I can't remember the name of. Uh, no, it's gone. But, you know, they they, they, they built their reputations on making these, um, like, they're just disgusting films yeah. as opposed to to, to uh, strong, storied, kind of typical, stereotypical, conventional horrors. And I think it was kind of a response to the fact that horror was being just so diluted mm. in the mainstream. So they came out and just made the most horrific things yeah. possible. Um, Which is good. I mean, I'm glad they did because it brought horror back from that 90s kind of dirge towards the early early 2000s. Yeah. And, but, you know, um, yeah. Hostel's a bit shit though, isn't yeah, it? Really? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I also saw Blair Witch, the new, the most recent Blair Witch film, which I actually mm. found fairly good. Um, really? Yeah, I thought it was quite creepy in place, but it ended too quickly. It just sort of ended all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, I thought some of the, the build-up was quite good. It was quite interesting. Um, I was in one of moods mm. where I was trying to creep myself out and I almost did, but the ending didn't work for me, so I was fine by the time it finished. Uh, yesterday as well, I watched Cell, which is a film from last year um, mm-hmm. based on a Stephen King novel. <coughs> stars John Cusack, Samuel L. Jackson. Um and the premise of the film is um, that uh, a sort of mobile phone signal um, causes anyone using their mobile at the time, or cell phone, hence the name, mm-hmm. um, doesn't really work so well if you give it the English title. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it turns, yeah, them, in, it turns them into killers. Um, if mm-hmm. they're using their phone, a tiny signal goes through and, and John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson's characters are survivors of this. Um, the novel, I've not read it, but from reading up on it, it seems to have a bit more to it. Um, Stephen King novels, it's obviously, there is a, something, you know, something to it in terms of plot. In the film, it just degenerates into a, a pretty by the numbers zombie movie, which is, um, just really disappointing i mean you've got two pretty decent actors as the leads and you've got um some what i'd imagine is reasonable source material coming from stephen king and they just do like a really bog standard 
zombie movie mm. and you just kind of think, what's the point? You've wasted everything you got. You might as well have just mm. not used the source material, saved yourself on the budget and got into much lower key actors and just done the same film. It just, yeah, it was just, it just seemed yeah. like a waste of time for everyone, from from the people watching it, like me, to the people who made it. Um, yeah, it just seems like it I think so um, much more with it. I seem to remember Maya Brooker when she was on the podcast when we did the um, Stephen King special. I remember her talking about it. She quite liked it, I think. But I, uh, from what I know of the film, I imagine she's very much in the minority on that one. Um, I don't think it's a very liked film. I also watched another zombie film. This one was a Danish one. I even watched a film with subtitles, Owen, mm. called What We Become, um, a, right. about a, t- a family who live in a, a suburb of a Danish town when a virus affects the city and um, it's just about the family's struggle trying to deal with the whole situation. A bit of a different take on a zombie film is it's not like running through the streets and bludgeoning people over the head and some big <laughs> quest for survival. It's all quite insular and all contained in this little town and this little area of the town. I actually thought it was quite good. It, it was it was really good. Um, I mean, for me to sit there and read a film as well as watch it for an hour and a half, um, there must be mm-hmm. something about it. But no, that one was on Sky... Go so if you've got Sky, Sky Movies, Sky Plus, whatever you'll find it on there is still on there. It's definitely worth uh, an hour and a half of your time. Um, that's what I've been watching. But um, mm. The Walking Dead, you haven't been watching. I have been watching. It's it's. Um, now in, I haven't watched it for about three seasons. Three yeah, seasons, I don't it's, think. It's mm. now into to season eight, and I keep persisting with it. Um, Mm. And I don't know why at the moment. It's just, it's just awful. Yeah, it really I is. Had, um... I mean, the thing, the the, the the biggest problem I noticed with it was in in previous seasons was that there were a lot of filler episodes when nothing happens. And mm. I think the people who make the show have taken that advice on board, mm. but still nothing happens. But what they've done in the episodes where literally nothing would happen in previous seasons, now there's lots of action, there's lots of zombies being killed, there's lots of bad guys being killed, even there's some good guys being killed. And it's a kind of all action, it doesn't Mm. stop, it's it's more fast-paced, but still nothing happens. The plot doesn't progress, there's very little character development, but they've kind of tricked people, or tried to trick people, Mm. Because it's action. So you think something's happening and it's actually not. So right. we're about five or six episodes, maybe a couple more into this new season. And really, not a lot has happened. Mm. And it's, it's... I mean, it's it's kind of sticking to the, the comics, how the comics went. But that seemed... Even that was coming out one one issue a month and that even seems more fast paced than what this is yeah I had um, a text from my um, younger brother who was watching it um, after the first couple of episodes and he asked if I was watching it I said no he says it's uh, 30 minutes stretched into 2 hours so far it's, yeah, you know, this, that's, that's how that's, it's always been isn't it well I don't, I don't yeah. know when it, for, I mean the first season was only 6 episodes which JMC seemed to mm. do with with series, or they used to with Valentine. This was, like, it was Breaking Bad's first season was only six, eight episodes, wasn't it? 
Yeah, um, yeah, but that was see that was cut short by the uh, writers' okay. strike. Um, yeah, whereas I think Walking Dead was like. Um, let's see if people like uh, this before we make loads of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, all the interesting characters are, are long gone. Um, mm. They, I prefer Z Nation at the moment. Yeah, and but, yeah, you always have though, haven't you? No, I not always have. I used to really like the world. I like, <laughs> I like both. But Z Nation mm. is mental. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. But it knows that it is. It's meant to be. It's a sci-fi show. It's made for the sci-fi yeah. channel. It's meant to be like that. But in that, I actually feel like they're moving towards something, and there's character progression as well. No matter how bad mm. the actors you think it is, no how stupid it is, how ridiculous it is, there's actually stuff happens. And you feel like the characters are moving. You know, you can they're mm. on a, you can you can see their journey. And The Walking Dead, it's just here's another bad guy. They stop this bad guy, and then once they get rid of Negan, because Negan will go, Negan mm. Negan will be stopped. And whether it will be resolved like it is in the comics, or whether it will be resolved in a different way, will probably depend on how long Jeffrey Dean Morgan wants to stick around on the show. But all that will happen next is there's another bad guy they got to kill. Mm. Nothing. Mm. I mean, uh, Kirkman, who, who created the the Walking Dead comics and is involved with the show, he's always said he doesn't lo- want to or doesn't like the idea of uh, a cure or finding out what caused the virus mm-hmm. or anything. So you can't ever see the show going down that avenue. So you can't ever see them finding uh, a scientist or scientists who are working on a cure, who have a cure, or who know what caused it or anything like that. And you just feel like you're stuck with this group of people and it's just starting to go nowhere. It's like they've written themselves into a dead end. Uh, Fear yeah. the Walking Dead isn't much better. It's a bit, it's, it's different, but it's it's not really much better. Um, it's not even a little bit, it's, it's a huge amount worse. I mean, I... I got to. I, I, we were just talking about it a little bit before the podcast. I got to like the last. I think it was the last, the last ad break of the last episode in the most recent yeah. season, and I thought I can't even be bothered to watch this last fifteen minutes. I'm tired. If I turn it off now, I know I'm never going to come back to it. So I just deleted the lot. I didn't. I didn't even watch the finale of the final episode. I just couldn't be bothered to to sit through even a minute more of it. Um. It- it was it's dreadful telly. I mean in, in The Walking Dead as well, they they brought back a character in season eight who hadn't seen since season one. It was quite a minor mm. character, it's a guy called Morales who um in season one Rick uh it was at a camp where he met up with his wife and Carl and Shane and you know, all all that group there. And then they mm. they decided to to move out of there, um and they went to Atlanta and they went wherever they went. Um and Morales and his family they went to go somewhere else to try and find his family. He turns up in season yeah. eight, and you think, oh, this is quite interesting. Somebody from the first season, they could do something with this. No, he's killed within ten minutes. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of... What was, what, what's what the, was point the point of bringing him back? That's That sounds like what they needed to do was kill someone. And so they thought... But there's well, no impact in killing him. Like, he's, he's, he's in ten minutes of, of one episode... Uh, he's in a standoff yep. with Rick. I don't even care if I spoil it. It's a couple of weeks old now anyway. If you watch The Walking Dead, you would have seen it. And then the next episode, first thing that happens is Daryl puts a arrow through his eye. And yeah. it's like, well, what, what's think... the point of bringing him back? 
I think it's one of those things that uh, certainly the comics we used to be very good at this. What they would do is just drop reminders a lot that nobody is ever safe. And so when something seemed like, um, you know, they brought in a new character, thought, okay, this is going to change the dynamic a bit now, and then they would die. It was a reminder that, because you sometimes forget, because the world they they write and they create is often, um, it gets to this point where it's very stable and it feels like things are settling down. And so they go, well, you know, it's still a savage world. People still kill other people. Here's someone, and they're dead. And so maybe it was trying to do that. Yeah, it didn't do it very well. Um, yeah, maybe not. It's maybe just, not. I mean, hmm. I keep persevering with it. I just start thinking, why? Why am I persevering hmm. with it? It's not. It's not giving me anything. It's just. I, I th- I think, you know, you can always drop it. Yeah. That's why I always. I you think, know, I think, if you're not I enjoying think it, need to to give it an end date, and I, this this might help with. A lot of shows, actually, if they say this show is going to last 10 seasons, 8 seasons, 6, 2, whatever, then they know mm. where they've got to end it by and finish it by. and they've, they've got a target to get it all resolved by rather than it just keep mm. going on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Because they, they gave Game of Thrones a, an end date and they gave Lost an end date and in the in the plot started to resolve itself but then mm-hmm. whether it does it satisfactorily I don't know but it's just sort of you could just see the walking dead going on forever at this average yeah. kind of you know until people stop watching mm. and people don't look like they still stop watching I think the viewing figures have dropped in general or in America they have but they're still high yeah I think as um, well there's something like the show like the talking dead um is just pointless because it's it's never because it's made by the network. It's it's never critical. No, we did talk yeah. about this quite recently, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, it's just um, you know, it's just it's advertising yeah. for its own show, basically. Which you know, fair enough. You can't blame them. It's quite cheap to make. Yeah. Sometimes they're quite interesting to watch. But yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm not. I I stopped watching Walking Dead not because I found it boring. I literally uh, got rid of Sky. Yeah, and got BT, and BT doesn't have uh, Fox. Mm. So I couldn't watch it as it was on, and I didn't miss it. So I thought, well, never mind then. Oh, well. Uh, never went back to yeah. it. I haven't really felt the urge to do it. My dad uh, downloaded them and said, I'll send them across to you. And I said, well, you can if you like, but I'm not in any rush to, to do it. And he did send me a link for them. Just didn't, I just didn't even download it from that. Yeah. You know, it was just like, I, I'm, I'm... Perfectly happy without it, thanks. I am not going back to that. Well, I'll tell you what I did do. One one, um, one post-apocalyptic uh, <coughs> piece of fiction I did go back to recently. I bought the Mad Max Fury Road uh, Black and Chrome edition. Right. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Do you know what this yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. So if benef- anyone listening, it's the same film, but in black and white. Um. And George Miller, director of Mad Max Fury Road. So this is the film that came out in 2015, you know, the fourth Mad Max film. Um, he said that it was the way the film was meant to be seen. And I just thought, well, he would say that, wouldn't he? Because he's just released a new version of it. He would say this is how it's supposed to be seen. Yeah. But I gave it a go anyway. And um, the issue apparently with the colour version that George Miller had was because it was in the desert, 
everything is either orange or blue because you've either got the sand or the sky. And so to make it more interesting, they really had to saturate the colours, you know, turn the vibrancy all the way up on the orange and the blues. Uh, whereas when you watch the black and white version, um, it doesn't matter that things are only just like one of two colours um, because it's all just different shades of grey. So you sort of, you don't get that highly saturated feel to it. Um, I personally was watching it and I got to the midway point in the film and thought, you know, it's still a really good film. <coughs> I would just rather be watching it in colour. Yeah. That's how I felt. I didn't think it really made it a better experience. It made it a different experience, but um, I, do, I don't know, felt a bit gimmicky. Felt like I'd been hoodwinked a little bit. Um. I'm not sure it is the definitive version. I think the fact that it's got these two highly contrasting colours works quite well. Um, but yeah, that's that's a more enjoyable experience than Fear the Walking Dead anyway. Fear the Walking Dead, it genuinely is. Like It made me cross at how crap it was and how much of it I sat through before <laughs> quitting. For our main review this week, we are talking about Justice League, the latest movie in the um dc cinematic universe and um bruce wayne batman mm. has to get a team together to fight an invading alien evil yes, yes. that's it really so yeah, that's but you don't it don't need any more no so that. you have batman wonder woman aquaman and a flash cyborg and um superman that's not a spoiler, mm-hmm. is it? Um, yeah, everyone knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really. I mean, a shock. his name's at the start of the credit, uh, you know, at the start of the mm. opening credits. So it's yeah, um, uh, that really corny, shitty, cheesy bit of yeah. uh, you know. Oh, we're making a podcast. Do you got to say something for us? Yeah. You know, what's the best thing about being about planet Earth? Hmm. Smiles and looks away. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck the fuck off. I just thought this was. Of all the DCEU mm. um, films so far, like head and shoulders above any of the others as the absolute pits. I, I thought it was I terrible. I thought it was okay, and I mean that as a compliment. I mean, I was more interested yeah. in the in the in the battle that, that um, Diana was telling about from thousands of years ago between Steppenwolf's army and. Mm the Atlanteans and the Amazons and man, <coughs> that was more interesting to me than what actually happened in the film. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's fair. And, and, you know, it, but I, you could, you could tell that, that Zack Snyder left at a point for, for personal reasons. And Josh Wedden came on board because it's like someone stitched two different films together. It's, I would say, worse than that. I I just feel like it had the the whole confidence drained out of it. But it's also, it's not, this isn't just a, stuff to do with the continuity issues of of reshoots and Batman's beard, beard, or Bruce Wayne's beard being different lengths at different points and his hairstyle being different at different points. D- and, yeah, and, and, really. and the CGI lip on Superman um, because he wasn't allowed to shave his moustache off from Mission Impossible. There's no, it's not, and it looked fucking it, atrocious. It did, but what the complaint, our complaint is, isn't anything to do with that. They're just little things. If it was a good film, you just overlook it and laugh about it. Um, it's just 
it's just, yeah. I, I just don't think the kind of, I suppose, Joss Whedon Avengers Marvel-style humour being put into this DC film where they're meant to be going or, or are going for like a darker tone. It just didn't work. It just seemed to clash so much. And yeah, cut, Batman making quips yeah. all the time. And Superman, making, thought, and Superman making quips. It just didn't... It didn't work. It did. It's not too bad having someone in there for comic relief, like uh, the Flash was was in there for. Really, I tell you what. Uh, there was a point where Superman and Cyborg were trying to pull apart some blocks. Yeah, and they started laughing and joking and making sort of awful, like it was just terrible banter between the yeah. two of them. And I thought someone's gonna have to make a comment about how this is. They're just being stupid. And then Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, just says, oh, boys. Mm. And I thought, that's the point. I have suddenly decided I'm not into no. this film at all. <laughs> not not one bit. I thought it was the the fact that the problem people seem to have with DC movies thus far, Suicide Squad accepted, is that they're too um, serious, too dark and trying to be... Like, I was talking to a friend of mine at the weekend and he says that, you know, the problem with like Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman uh, was that they were grim dark you know they were trying to be this super uh, serious sort of drama with thriller stuff uh, you know thriller elements in it and um and the, the fact that in this film um probably more so than suicide squad they tried to make like characters into comedy sidekicks it just it was painful mm. i just i just cringe every time flash opened his mouth or i just hated it I just didn't think it fit. No, the, o- the only bit of, of suppose comedy that I did think was all right or quite good was Aquaman being sat on the lasso of truth. I I uh, I didn't I yeah. didn't mind that bit. I thought that was okay, but the rest of it it just seemed so forced. It didn't seem natural. It didn't seem right for that no. kind of film. And if you put it into a Marvel film where the characters are more like the films are seemingly yeah. more light-hearted it works i mean perhaps those shows weren't because they weren't particularly very good ones but that kind of light-heartedness works in marvel the characters seem more comic booky um is that the right or you know they seem more do you oh, think they so? seem more in marvel they seem more over the top and i don't know it just seems that humor in marvel works yeah, there's, there is a place for humour in DC stuff. I just don't think it's necessary. Like, the fact that the the tone of the films previously has not been... like I, I, I still think Man of Steel's a very good film. You know, the first one, the one that kicked all these these um, movies mm. off. Um, I, I think that's very good. I like Batman vs Superman. It's not great. There are many flaws with it. If you cut out the last 50 minutes, it would be, you know, a film much better and tighter. Um but I still think Batman vs Superman is is um, watchable. Um, Two Side Squad's issue was that it was uh, just a mess, and it didn't have any. Um, it didn't build to anything. It just all sort of ended. And Wonder Woman's a good film. I've watched it three times now, and um, uh, you know it also has a lot of problems with the ending. But the rest of it is absolutely really just like. Probably the best superhero movie this year. Mm. Um, so when Justice League comes along, and you think, okay, now they get to add in Flash, they get Cyborg and Aquaman. Aquaman particularly is a character I like. Flash and 
Well, this version of Flash I just despised, and Cyborg as well. And this was just uh, pathetic. I, it just it, and they ruined Wonder Woman. I just thought, why is she waiting for Batman to try and tell her to become the leader? Why is she sort of going? Oh, you want me to do this, but I don't think I can. Uh, no, what? Why have you suddenly changed the character's personality completely? Um, Batman himself just making jokes all the time. I just thought you've, you've. What's happened here is that either um, Warner Brothers have lost faith in Zack Snyder, or the fact that he wasn't a hundred percent committed to it for obvious reasons. You know, with his daughter and stuff. I, you know, I'd allow him a little bit of leeway for that. But then bringing in Joss Whedon, it's, who tried to avenges it, and it yeah, just like it's, it was, it's, it's just not in, it's not what it's supposed to be. In Joss Whedon was is bringing in somebody who seems to be so different in what he wants to do. This snack. If you if you're replacing Zack Snyder, not because you don't like what he's doing with the film, but because he's had to leave the project for family personal reasons, which he did, surely try and replace him or fill in for him with somebody who's going to do the same kind of thing he's going to do. Not go with something yeah, completely, uh, you know, change. Mm. Um, the other... And let's be honest, let's be honest, Joss Whedon is hit and miss himself. He doesn't always make, you know, uh, classics. No. You know, fair enough, Firefly and Buffy. Um, uh, I suppose Serenity was all right, but as a conclusion to Firefly... Um, but you know, Avengers Assemble, great, possibly the best superhero movie thus far. And then Agent Age of Ultron was not no. the best. I mean, so I don't, I just don't think he was right for them. Uh, I think it it shows just how drastically they need they needed that one person's mm. clear vision. Um, maybe Jeff Johns has to take some, um some of the flack for this because the Justice League comics that he's written are not always very good either. And they seem to be the ones that have heavily influenced um, this movie. Uh, I'll tell you what was also like one of the, the crappest things about Justice League. Steppenwolf. Uh, what the fuck? He looked like a Power Rangers villain. Why was he, why was he um, CGI? Why was the whole, yeah. he just looked, it was not even good CGI. He's just. Bad. I mean, this isn't a, a problem that's uh, <clears throat> limited to to this film or even DC films, but comic book films in general, the villains are always quite poor. Uh, there's, you yeah. know, I mean, the best mm. one I've seen recently was Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, because yeah. that he he actually had a reason for doing what he was doing. You actually found out some about him, his backstory, his life, who he was, his reasons yeah. for doing what he did. He actually seemed to have a personality beyond let's just kill people and stop, you know, yeah. commit crime and whatever. He actually had a purpose and a character. A lot of, you know, even, even in Ragnarok, Hela was just quite, you know, basic in terms of a villain yeah and and yeah. it's the problem that a lot of superhero movies have is that the villain is just quite uh, yeah vanilla. yeah it's just, just they're a, a bad hell-bent on world destruction yeah, they're a bad guy who reasons. wants to destroy the world or take over the world and you don't find out why you don't find anything about their character 
it's just they're someone to be stopped. Um, yeah, and that's what Steppenwolf was, and it's, it's that isn't a problem. You can just label, you know, aim at this film or DC films about villains. That's a problem with a lot of superhero films. I mean, yeah, Loki's had a few films to flesh out being a bad guy, um, but he's not even like a bad guy. No, is he? He's the antihero. Yeah. But, but you know he can't you know, he can't help being bad, no. and he doesn't do it to be bad. I think Brian explained it really yeah, well. But as an antagonist, um, he's had a few films to develop that role. Yeah, not many bad guys get that um, in the superhero mm. films. And if you look back at the last one, I said Vulture was was a very good one. Um, Hella not not very not very good. I mean, I thought the performance was quite good, but it's a very limited role. Not really much you could do with it. Um, Doctor Strange, yeah. that wasn't particularly a great... I liked Lex Luthor in Batman vs Superman the, the second time I watched it. First time I watched it, mm. I thought he was woefully miscast. I still think he's the wrong Lex Luthor for that Batman vs Superman. But yeah. he is, I think, you know, if you look at him, um, the way that his character works, he's, he is a really good villain, actually. Mm. It's just a shame that they've ruined it by having um, Doomsday. And try to just cram in that yeah. whole death of Superman arc um, into like the final twenty minutes. I'm just trying to think of recent superhero movies and what, which villains or bad guys you've had. And and well, I mean, in, in Wonder yeah. Woman, the, the bad guy wasn't particularly great. It was all revealed and over quite quickly. You know, Ares, a god of war, and it was yeah. Yeah, well, they they did they did hide it somewhat. Um, but you know, most people I think worked it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really the, really the, issue the wrong actor, with Ares... really the wrong actor to be playing a god of war as well. <laughs> yeah, I think that was part of the their cunning mm. plan, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that's just a problem with superhero films that they need to need to look at really because it's just getting quite predictable. And even with with the Marvel films, you think is is Thanos going to be like that? Because even though he's been around for a while, he's not really done much yet he's not really seen mm. much of him he's not really been fleshed out so he's going to be another bad guy that needs to be stopped <coughs> he's going to be hard to stop than the mm. other ones and it's going to be spread yeah. over two films but he will still be stopped you know full well he'll be stopped um the other thing that i just didn't think it was needed i didn't think you know lois lane could have been reduced to a cameo well now, anything with her in could have just been got rid of except for her having to help superman when he's initially introduced into the film um everything else with her could have just been cut out it's just not needed but there was only like another one other scene wasn't there it was still too much <laughs> yeah yeah well you know you would have ended up with a 90 minute film instead of two hours because this is the shortest one that they've put yeah. in so far so they are listening um they possibly, but then do you think that worked like in its favour? Because I'm not sure it did. I think they just rushed a lot of stuff. They had a lot of characters. Um, they had not much in the way of story for them. No, I, I suppose uh, this film was also serving as origin stories for Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg. Um, yeah. which is perhaps made it more difficult for them because I know we keep or I keep comparing it to the Avengers, but. It's a fair comparison because it's the same kind of thing. And pretty much all the characters in the Avengers Avengers Assemble had a movie to introduce themselves to us. So we didn't need to be introduced to characters going into Avengers Assemble. We knew who they were. We knew what they were about. So we didn't have to have 
an origin to each character going into that film. It's just right. These are these people. We know that we can just do this film now. But in in Justice League, especially for not casual film goers and not people who are into comic books, we needed to know who Aquaman is and who Cyborg is and who the Flash is. Mm. And they got to try and get all that into the film as well as do the rest of the film. Yeah, that's true. I mean, okay, so um, what did you like about it then? Because you said that you think it's it's fine, it's okay. That's, that's a, a good that's thing. A, that's it. a difficult question. Yeah, um, can you pinpoint anything you liked about it? I hated the costumes, I hated the CGI, I hated the characterization. I hated the villain, thought the story was a load of bobbins. Um, but you must have found stuff in it to like to think it's okay. No, I just thought it was okay. Just every, I just thought everything <laughs> was okay. Everything was fine. Everything was average. Well, not everything, but it was it was okay. It was watchable. I wasn't bored. I wasn't annoyed. I didn't regret going to see it. I mean, mind you, I've got the unlimited card. I didn't actually pay to see that film per se. So, but mm. you know, I was never excited, enthralled, on the edge of my seat. But I was never bored. I was never wondering how long was left. I was never wanting to go. I was never thinking about other things. I just, it, was, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. You said you liked the bit with Aquaman when he was sat on the lasso. Yeah. Um, well, in terms of the, the bits where they try to be funny, I thought that was the one bit that was was okay. What about his sort of when he went underwater and was with Mira in the um, where the uh, box thing was? Let's call it a tesseract because that's basically what it is. You know, it's not it's not a Marvel tesseract, but that's basically what they were trying to track down. Um, when you know he was underwater, went to Atlantis, uh, fought with Steppenwolf, yeah, and then. Uh, his little backstory there. He said, like, "Oh, give me a break, man!" Or whatever he said. And his surfer dude. It's just, it was accent. just quite quick, wasn't it? It was just you know them mm. thinking this is enough for us to get what Aquaman's all about. This is what his deal is. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, and the stuff about Batman asking him like constantly if he speaks to fish. Yeah. Atlantis looked like a shithole though. Didn't look great, no. did it? You know, you got Themyscira, which is like this paradise. Yeah. Uh, and then underwater, they're in this kind of murky-looking, run-down old castle thing. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Didn't look. It didn't look good. The uh, that, and that, I'd say that for almost all the film didn't look good. And again, I like Zack Snyder's style. I've I've enjoyed it for for a lot of his films. I know it's, it seems really controversial to say it, but it shouldn't be. But I think Zack Snyder's a very good, uh, like, uh, storyteller with pictures. Um, and I just think that the, the the way this looked was disappointing. Yeah, there wasn't anything good about it. Like again, I'm going to go back to the costumes. Flash looks like a fucking I don't know what, just like an action figure from the nineties, mm. based on some Japanese TV show. It's just you know superhuman cyborg samurai squad or whatever it was called. Just something, something fucking dreadful like that. Yeah. Uh, Cyborg as well. CGI on him looked ropey. Um, Aquaman's costume was a bit crap. I just, I can't stress how little I think of this. Um, and I say that as someone who's a massive, like DC mm. fan, I've always been a, a reader of DC comics. Um, 
I've read lots of Justice League comics, and the problem they have with Justice League as is here is that they're too righteous. You know, they're doing stuff to be for the, for for good for justice, as the name suggests, which makes them quite boring sometimes. Uh, in fact, the best the best Justice League comic that I've read, and this, you can take this as a recommendation if you like, and they kind of allude to uh, allude to it in this film when they talk when Batman talks about having a contingency plan. Uh, it's called Tower of Babel. There's a, a story arc called Terror of Babel, which is basically Batman has contingency plans to take down every single member of the Justice League. Uh, and he has them stored in a computer and someone hacks the computer and begins enacting his plans to take down each member of the Justice League. And each time it makes Batman look like he's responsible. Because, you know, he would be, wouldn't he? That's the best Justice League story. Um, it's obviously too soon to do that in this um, but I think they hinted at that, so I would say look out for that as a future mm. Justice League film. What's next up for the DCU then? What's the next uh, one there? Do we have Aquaman next, and then is it the Batman? Yes, which keeps changing writers and directors, and probably won't ever happen. Depends how um, fed up Ben Affleck gets the whole thing. Well, yeah, I read something earlier today which said that they were considering. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal for the role instead. I think that'd be a massive change. Mm. Uh, next, I always thought Jake Gyllenhaal would make a good Joker. I thought he'd make yeah. a good Joker. For, next up, um, so this is their schedule so far. So next up, uh, t- December 2018 is Aquaman. April mm-hmm. 2019, Shazam. <coughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. With The Rock as Black Adam, mm, I think. Um, November... 2019 Wonder Woman 2 uh mm-hmm. 20 April 2020 Cyborg uh July 2020 Green Lantern Corps um yeah the Green Lantern Corps I yeah, think that is. Uh, and you get to see a bit of them in this film as well don't you yeah. in that bit that you quite like the um sort of yeah retelling of the war the initial war against Steppenwolf and then they've got a lot of uh undated films in the pipeline so we've got Batgirl which Joss Whedon is doing. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got the Batman, which, yeah. uh, Black Adam, mm-hmm. Flashpoint. Uh, See, no, Flashpoint, that's going to be awful. I mean, the story itself. Do you know Flashpoint? Do you know what it is? No. It was the precursor to the the new 52 comics. Right. So when DC rebooted their comics line, the Flashpoint event was, uh, in to put it in layman's terms, was when a load of universes collided. Right. Um, and you got to see various different versions of characters. For example, you got to see Aquaman was a bad guy, um, and you got to see uh, uh, Thomas Wayne was Batman and Bruce Wayne, his son, was the one that was killed by, the, by Joe Chill outside of the um, Phantom of the Menace. Phantom of the Menace, Phantom of the Menace, Phantom of the Menace, Phantom of the Menace. Obviously, because I was ill, I said Phantom of the Menace, and I meant Phantom of the Opera, before anyone tweets in. You know, different different versions of the same heroes. Uh, but I just don't think the characters are going to be established enough, but or people aren't going to care about them enough mm. <coughs> we've got more, we've, to see we've, these we've different versions. Goth- Gotham City Sirens. Okay. Um, we've got a Justice League Dark, which is being written by Guillermo del Toro. 
Oh, yes. That could be quite interesting. It certainly sounds interesting. We've got Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightwing is, is, is Robin before, after he left Batman and stopped being Robin, isn't it? Yeah, it was Dick Grayson. Yeah. The first, the one who was the um, trapeze artist whose family were killed in the we've circus been, and Batman adopted. Suicide Squad 2, uh, an untitled Deadshot film, an untitled Deathstroke film, an untitled Harley Quinn and the Joker film, an untitled Justice League sequel, an untitled Lobo film. I don't know what Lobo is. He is a uh, base bounty hunter of sorts. Think like Deadpool, but like turned up to 11. Okay. And we've got an untitled Man of Steel sequel. All of those undated, those ones. So we don't know when those give are it, happening. Give it three films before they reboot it, I think. Yeah. I think they'll get three films in. Three further films in. And then they'll just go, this isn't working. Right. Okay. And we'll start again. Uh, either, either in terms of getting rid of most of the actors and recasting, or... Um, by changing creative teams behind it. I think the issue they've got is Jeff Johns is still there. And whilst he's still there, we're still going to get this this style of film. Um, but, you know. Not to say Jeff Johns hasn't done anything good. He has written some good comics, some good Superman comics. Um, but, yeah. Mm. It's his... I mean, I just read... Like, in after the New 52 came out... I stopped reading the DC comics because I just got a bit bored of them. They were just too, just they they start they they were basically, I don't know. They just lost a bit of soul. Yeah, and the same they the way they felt is how these but these new DC EU films feel yeah. largely, except Wonder Woman. I think that's slightly different. But then, like they rebooted the comics again recently, like again. They got got rid of all the new Fifty Two stuff and had a new event, Rebirth. And I read a bit of that, and I just thought it's te- it's just not good. It's just like um, I understand why you know it's a good way to wipe out a load of clutter and sort of um contradictory or stories that don't really mesh up anymore because they've got so many years of history and you start again clean. Some of that stuff you can keep and some you can get rid of, but it just makes it more convoluted in my opinion. Mm. And I think that the, what what is clearly going to happen is they're going to reboot it. They may do Flashpoint sooner, and Flashpoint will be the reboot. Yeah, because it gives them an opportunity to um to to wipe out some of the continuity and start again, start afresh. Um, but that's what they do all the time. They had Final Crisis, Infinite Crisis, you know, Crisis on Infinite Worlds. They're just um end of the crisis in the film world, and it'll mesh all the different things together. It's just a it's just a handy get out clause, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um that's pretty much it for, for this week's Fail Critics podcast. Just recommendations to go. I'm going for Friday night more for nine o'clock is Rush the Formula One uh, um uh, movie. Um with Thor. With with Thor. Um mm-hmm. give that a watch. And Owen? Um, I'm going on, uh, for Channel 4 rather than More 4 and Saturday rather than Friday but at 9pm as well uh, Ex Machina yes. starring Donald Gleeson, Oscar Isaac, Felicia Vicanter, um sci-fi film about a billionaire genius creates an AI and gets an employee to perform a to, uh, well sort of Turing mm. test on it it's very good basically film basically sexy robots 
a a sexy robot and Donald Gleeson. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, very good film. Um, we'll be back at a point doing another podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe. T- TBC. Mm-hmm. Um, until then, enjoy your films. And yeah, yeah. enjoy your films. Yeah, enjoy your films. Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with contributions from different guests every week with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit remixed by James Yule who you can find at jamesyule.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics on iTunes and all good podcast apps or you can check us out at failedcritics.com If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review and why not check out our sister podcasts Character Unlocked and Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights from the failed media network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.